InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Medicine is undergoing a major transformation from hit or miss to personalized preventative treatment based on your genetics, blood, and other technology. Here with the details, InfoTrack reporter Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Lee Hood, MD and PhD. Among many pioneering accomplishments in the field of biology, Dr. Hood developed the DNA synthesizing technology that made possible the Human Genome Project. And now he's the co-author of The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and In Your Hands. Dr. Hood, let's just start with a brief explanation of what you mean by scientific wellness and how that differs from traditional approaches to health and wellness. The new approach we've taken to health is data-driven. So the idea is that for each individual, we can look at their blood analytes, proteins, metabolites, clinical chemistries. We can look at their gut microbiome, that is an assessment of the bacteria that live in your gut and interface with your food and drugs and hence influence your health. And analyze health through digital health devices like the Fitbit, the Apple Watch, or the Aura Ring. Integrating these data together for a single individual gives us very deep insights into the integration of many different biological systems and hence the overall health of a given individual. So the idea of scientific wellness is that we use data, and it's big data, to assess the trajectory of your health, and we can use the insights that we gain from that assessment of the trajectory of your health to optimize your health. So the typical person, for example, might achieve 30% of their normal potential of wellness and thus be capable of enormous extended wellness beyond what they'd experienced before. And in a sense, how far you want to go in wellness is partly a matter of your will because you make decisions about how well you're going to be virtually every day of your life. And if you're educated about this new data-driven approach, you can make them in a very efficient way to optimize and extend that normal 30% we talked about before. One thing you suggest is for an individual to have their entire genome sequenced. Can you explain that process and then what the benefits would be of that? The genome basically is the four-letter language of chromosomes. You have 23 pair of chromosomes, and that is the coding information that's necessary to lead to normal human development and aging and all of these different kinds of processes. So a copy of the genome from just one of your parents requires 3 billion of these bases in the four-letter language. And the sequencing of the human genome is determining for each chromosome the order of four-letter bases all the way across the chromosome. So the sequence of the genome is the sum sequence of all 23 pairs of human chromosomes. 
This DNA encodes functional units called genes, and the genes actually specify the 20,000 or so proteins that are building block components of your body. They catalyze chemical reactions. They provide energy for you. They allow you to metabolize your food. They give your body structure in the form of muscles and bones and so forth. And mutations, that is defects in these genes, can lead to defects in the corresponding proteins and in extreme cases, a loss of function of these proteins. And for some proteins, that will lead to death of the human being. For other proteins, it can lead to genetic diseases like cystic fibrosis, where you have difficulty dealing with certain kinds of salt glands and so forth in your body. So the human genome then, again, is the code of life and defects in that code of life lead to genetic diseases. And knowing about these genetic diseases early in some cases can lead to appropriate early treatments or workarounds in the defect of the gene that you have. And ultimately, the strength of this data-driven approach toward health is going to be that at birth, we'll be able to assay every single gene in the newly born human and determine whether it's okay or whether it has defects we may have to deal with. And of course, among the defects are defects, for example, in genes that make proteins that allow you to metabolize and use drugs effectively. And when those genes become defective, then you no longer can deal with the drugs effectively. And there are probably close to 200 variant genes now that lead to deficiencies in our ability to use common drugs. And thus, knowing that you have such a deficiency allows you to stay away from the drugs that you won't be able to deal with effectively. They encode many different kinds of function in the organism. There is one really terrifying single gene mutation called malignant hypothermia, which leads to a defect that if you take certain types of anesthetics, that essentially turns up the heat thermostat in your body irreversibly, and you die from malignant hypothermia. So knowing that you have this defect, the simple way around it is just to stay away from the class of anesthetics that can trigger this irreversible destruction of your body through excessive heating and so forth. And there are literally tens of thousands of actionable possibilities encoded in the genome where we can begin to think about repairing and or reversing genetic diseases, particularly if you have early insight about these diseases. How much does it cost for someone today to go have their genome sequenced? Well, the first human genome sequence that was done, people estimated perhaps it was a billion dollars. Today's genomes can be done for one to $200. So it's something 
many people could afford. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Lee Hood, MD and PhD. He's the co-author of The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and In Your Hands. You believe that scientific wellness could eventually conquer heart disease, which of course is the number one cause of death in the U.S., along with many other illnesses such as Alzheimer's disease. What kind of a timetable do you anticipate for goals that massive? Well, with this data-driven approach to health in 5,000 people over a four-year period, we discovered that about 200 of them transitioned from wellness to disease. And we were able to detect this transition in the blood, in blood proteins, up to three or four years prior to the clinical diagnosis of the disease. And the ability to detect this very early transition gives us the ability to try and reverse the disease when it's simple and involves relatively few cells compared to the more clinically manifest diseases. So an exciting idea is that if we could look at a million people over a 10-year period with this analysis of the genome, and of the phenome, that is the blood and the microbiome and all of these things, then we would expect to get about 200,000 wellness to disease transitions. And that would give us the statistics to look at virtually every major disease, chronic disease transition. And certainly this would include heart disease and cancers. It would include diabetes, Alzheimer's, and so forth, all of the common chronic diseases that cost our healthcare system so much money. I mean, one could imagine in a 10 or a 15-year period that perhaps those chronic diseases could be cut by a very significant fraction. And of course, what's true about chronic diseases is today they require 80% of the healthcare dollars spent in a year, which is about $4 trillion. So if we could deal with the major chronic diseases effectively and prevent them, as I've described here, you could enormously increase the quality of many people's lives while at the same time saving the healthcare system significant numbers of dollars. Everywhere we turn these days, artificial intelligence is getting huge attention. And in an interview I did with ChatGPT itself a few weeks ago, it told me that healthcare will likely be the area where AI has the greatest impact. What are your thoughts as to what that impact will be, especially in relation to scientific wellness? I think that statement is correct. I think these large language models are going to have an enormous impact on healthcare. But the critical point to make is they have to be properly educated with the right kind of data that let them give you valid answers. And I can see, for example, these large language models doing a number of things. One, they could deliver to doctors the 10,000 or more actionable possibilities we'll discover with this million-person project over 10 years that I described earlier. And they'll have to deliver them to physicians, one, to explain clearly what the actionable possibility is that will 
either improve your wellness or let you avoid disease. And two, they'll have to provide the justification for the actionable possibility that will convince the physician that it's scientifically valid. So the delivery of these scientific actionable possibilities is going to be critically important. And what that'll do is it'll make an ordinary practitioner the equivalent to a specialist in many, many different aspects of disease and of wellness as well. I think a second thing that we'll be able to do with these large language models is educate them with the appropriate kind of biological data so that in the future, we'll be able to feed each of your genome and phenome sequences into this machine. And it will come up with a prioritized, unique list of actionable possibilities that will correct the deficiencies that we've discovered from this type of analysis. And it will be able to do it in a comprehensive, rapid, and efficient manner that is inconceivable that humans could begin to match. But humans and physicians will play a very important role in overseeing these things and checking to make sure they make sense and everything. I think a third thing it could do is it could really facilitate and speed up the managing process of a hospital. That is, how do patients know where to go? Well, very simple instructions might be given for that. Or how do patients know which drugs they can take and which drugs they can't take? Again, we'll have instantaneous records that can come up to the physician and they'll know what to avoid in terms of drug recommendations and things like that. So I think there'll be many, many different areas where these large language model engines will be able to transform healthcare. As we enter the age of scientific wellness, should we be concerned about the collection and use and protection of personal health data? I think it's really mandatory that we protect personal data and that the personal data does always end up belonging to the individual and they have a choice as to how it will be used. Having said that, I think there are regimens that are established and laws and regulations that are at least partially in place now that take very large steps toward doing that. I think one of the really most concerning aspects about data is the whole idea of can it be used inappropriately with regard to insurance companies or employers or even families. And we have to have regulations to safeguard against these things. And we do have some regulations in place now, and we'll have to put in place more regulations that cover the whole ballpark of possibilities. But I think people are in very thoughtful ways approaching how we de-identify and analyze data appropriately so it can never be traced back to the patient without the appropriate key that will be in the hands of a physician or their appointed designee. Do you envision the biggest breakthroughs, the things that really make a difference in people's lives 10 years out, 20 years out? How quickly do you think this will actually happen? 
Well, I think if we put in place this million-person project, basically a second genome project, I think we could start seeing really striking changes come out within five years, and there would be a whole continuous flow of these things out beyond that period of time. And I think they'd accelerate as we were able to take the data from these million people and analyze it as we've analyzed the data from the first 5,000 people that we studied over a four-year period. And that has given us many windows into what the science of wellness and prevention is about and how we're going to transform healthcare from a focus on disease, which we have now, to a focus on wellness and prevention. From a longevity standpoint, how much additional life, how much additional healthy life do you think this sort of breakthrough could add to someone's life? Well, I think the most important immediate benefit is going to come by scientific wellness will allow us to expand the health span of an individual, that is the number of years they're healthy, to equal the lifespan of the individual. And my feeling is for most people, we ought to be healthy up into our 90s or even our hundreds with scientific wellness. And by healthy, I mean mentally alert, I mean physically capable, which is in contrast to most 90 and 100-year-olds that we know about today. So I think it's less expanding life out to live to be 150 And maybe that would be possible, but it would require doing things we don't understand about now, but rather making sure that most of our lifetime would be equivalent to a healthy health span time where we were alert and active. And I would see people in your 90s being creative and productive and happy and able to think outside the box. Do you have any final words of advice for the average person who is interested in using some of these tools to improve their health, but is intimidated in figuring out how to take that first step? Well, my recommendation would be to read the book you just mentioned, The Age of Scientific Wellness, because that gives a whole series of different instructions about small steps you can take in various directions to improve your wellness. And I think as you start to take the small steps and see that they make a difference, you'll be encouraged to get more and more involved in them. A second point I would make, within a five-year period, I fully expect there will be the ability to enter into programs that are focused on bringing scientific wellness to consumers and to be able to ensure that you can adopt some of the best practices for, again, making your health span equal to your lifespan. Lee Hood, MD and PhD, the co-author of The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and in Your Hands. Dr. Hood, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.